Hey everybody, welcome to the Anthony and Todd Show. We are a weekly podcast that critiques and memes music. I'm your host, Trevor, a.k.a. Anamanagui. <laughs> and I'm joined by my ever-attentive co-host, my best friend, my pal, my amigo, my Droog, Vincent. A.k.a. Hemlock Ernest goes to jail. <laughs> and this is episode 115 of the Anthony and Todd Show, an episode we would like to call Rex Orange County, starring Jack Black. An alternate title, which I saw the other day, and I wish I could give credit to someone, but I don't know who made this. It was, uh, wait a minute, if you put S instead of the R in Rex Orange County, it spells out Sex Orange County. <laughs> Rex is Orange County. Uh, today we've got a uh, couple of great projects lined up for you. Uh, we are talking about the latest Michael Kiwanuka record, Kiwanuka, the latest Hemlock Ernst and Kenny Seagal collaboration project, Back at the House, uh, the latest Anamana Gucci record, their first with Polyvinyl USA, and the latest Rex Orange County effort, Pony. It's recorded on the entire... Actually, I think the real reason I don't think you're going to like this one is because you're afraid of horses. <laughs> <laughs> we can't spoil the episode now. <laughs> uh uh, before we start, if you want to follow the Anthony and Todd show on social media, you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Anthony and Todd. You can find us at YouTube.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd show. You can find us on podcast services, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcast, Spotify, searching the Anthony and Todd show. And you can find us on Patreon, Patreon.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd show. Without any further ado, are you ready to Kiwanuka? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, we're going to go all over the latest Michael Kiwanuka record, Kiwanuka. Uh, Michael Kiwanuka is an English indie folk singer-songwriter signed to Polydor Records. He released uh, his record Love and Hate back in 2016, which was entirely produced by Danger Mouse and Inflow, who also did some production on Lil Sim's Gray Area. Uh, and this record was actually nominated for the Mercury Prize. Um, I really like this record back when I first listened to it, I first heard of this guy on 105.9. Oh, yeah. Northern Kentucky University Radio. I missed that station really bad. Uh, and I really liked his lead single off of that, Love and Hate. Um, and for this latest record, Kiwanuka, uh, Danger Mouse and Inflow, are gonna re- they've returned on production here. Yeah, and this is, I hate to say it, probably the grandest album I listened to all year. Yeah, I think it could be. Yeah, um, Michael Kiwanuka is is extremely sultry and smoky. I love his voice, and he just brings this sort of untapped, like dusty soul into yeah. what he does. Yeah, here. and dusty is a good term um, because on when he was featured in the last Little Sims project, his the last track on it, mm-hmm. he had this very like nostalgic like per presence almost like he was almost like a faded memory or like a ghost which i found really cool yeah and like instances of that popped in he's way more present on this album but it popped right in um this is supposed to be like a character defining moment i read a little interview saying where he compared this to like a like a ziggy stardust like creating moment where like a person is defined and i really see that with this I, i like i see his character being well more defined throughout this entire thing. As a side note, this makes a lot of sense for the album cover, which I think is going on my list for some of my favorite yeah. of the year. It's very much so like, it reminds me a lot of um, Pagliacci. Yeah. Classic opera Pagliacci, uh, where it's like very character-driven clown. Yeah. Story. Yeah. Uh, I feel like Michael Kiwanuka kind of sees himself in that role. I like the, the portrait of him that is done on the cover of this project. Yeah. And over the class, a lot of over the course of this entire thing, we get a lot of suffering, 
and I think that's the biggest the actual, uh, biggest idea behind it is mm-hmm. how he's expressing pain and regret. Um, there's ideas of like uh, race issues on here, but there's also ideas of just like general, like almost existential suffering. Like how can I be moral in a society mm-hmm. type deal? Buzzword society. Um, <laughs> Joker. <laughs> it's me. I'm the Joker, baby. <laughs> but like there's... Like it's 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 very simple, like these ideas. They, there's a complexity. Like when you talk about, can you be like moral in society, or can you just live with society, or ideas of like police brutality that are like huge. He takes like a very simplistic idea to it. Yeah, but it's like very just like he wears his emotion on his sleeves and not too much to digest, and it's still poetic. Still, but it's like just very, just cut to the core of what you need to get and it reminds me a lot of the last little sims project because little sims was very similar it was like she had these main ideas but she was very simplistic about them didn't take too much time up and just like got into these issues and carved out her own niche that's what i like a lot about um this record is like he's not trying to michael kiwanuka is not a writer in the sense of like uh very symbolic yeah he's not writing like these really big like some uh overly complicated and like convoluted feelings with like a lot of metaphors blah 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 like he's very much so like an Ernest Hemingway type character where he just cuts right to the chase yeah he just talks about what he needs to talk about simply and it's done and I think there's a beauty to that simplistic nature yeah he almost like you ain't the problem where he's literally just he's just telling everyone around him that they should just do what they want and be their own person instead mm-hmm. of thinking about uh, instead of thinking about uh dictating themselves for others in a way more be you and focus on how you can be the best version of yourself which i thought was really cool mm-hmm. you have moments like i've been dazed where he feels like he's just living in this fog and just has a hard time kind of attaching on to his surroundings uh, and you get that a lot in the uh track solid ground where he feels like he's just uh, weightless mm-hmm. in a weird sense and he can't kind of connect he can't find the solid ground um you get tracks like hard to say goodbye where he's in a relationship with someone and He's stating he will never leave because it's even hard to like say goodbye as he's like exiting for the morning. Or mm-hmm. an example around the tone of that, where he's just like he's always drawn back to this person. Uh, final days is him trying to like gravitate towards other people and trying to him to connect to these other people, um, and having to explain how he feels. And that's a very hard thing to do because people don't really understand emotions sometimes or they don't understand feelings sometimes. But it has to try to get people to understand that he's suffering. Mm -hmm. He's in pain. And it comes through. Uh, uh, Another human being, uh, I think is the literal, is another like literal interlude where it talks. Is that the interlude? Yeah, it's an interlude. He doesn't really. It's the one where it's the audio clip, right? Yeah, I think so. And then at the end, he says something about being another human being, which goes right into living in denial. Yeah, so it's this idea of, uh, I don't remember what the clip's from, but it's this idea of, like, when it comes to, like, race issues, it's like, treat other people how you want to be treated. Treat them as the concept of, like, a a way to end racism is treating other people like they're actually people. And I, I think that kind of relates into this. Uh, you get moments like the inter- intro to Piano Joy. I feel like I'm just going very slowly down this river. Mm-hmm. The the instrumentation on this is, is, is... The keys are so phenomenally big. The strings are so elegant and tight. Uh, the guitar can be very, uh, very 
very uh, like lightly spliced, or it can be very hazy and create this huge aurora of atmosphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and Piano Joy, the intro, is the best example of this because it feels very light, like you're almost floating, and elements of instrumentation are just kind of carrying you down this river, this stream. And then it gets in the actual track. This also, starting off this album with You Ain't, you Ain't the Problem Rolling and I've Been Dazed, it feels uh, like these tracks are just meant to be right next to each other. Yeah. They flow so seamlessly. It just feels like a perfect combination. A lot of these other tracks do it really well, but it doesn't feel like too forceful. It doesn't feel like this is just like one track album mm-hmm. or anything like that. It feels very like well-crafted and catered because it knows when it ta- needs to take breaks, knows when it needs to pause or reflect on themes. And I think Michael Kanuka's Kanuka's performance on this is very uh, different throughout the entire set of things. You get more reminiscent moments. You get very impactful and loud. He knows when to speak calmly, and he knows when to scream. <laughs> yeah. He knows when to project himself. I I don't know. Overall, I really, really like this record. It's extremely tight. I really love the themes that he touches upon here. I just think Michael Kiwanuka is an incredible artist, his display of artistry on here is is second to none, and his, I think Danger Mouse, honestly, um, Danger Mouse has worked wonders with with him. Um, I had some doubts about Danger Mouse, especially after like the last Karen O yeah. project. I was kind of like, oh, I don't know, like maybe Danger Mouse kind of losing losing the touch here, but uh, definitely he brings it back on here. Yeah, I think what he's doing this year with. Uh, Michael is similar to what he did last year with Parquet Courts. Yeah. It's, uh, there isn't, you could look at this and say, there isn't really anything new here, but it's more about how you project yourself and how you are willing to express yourself more about than what you're saying because ideas of uh, total football and wide awake have been expressed before. Yeah. But it was more how Parquet Courts expressed themselves consistently through that entire record. Right. And it's not, ideas of uh, existential dread and humility have been expressed before, but it's how Michael is willing to dictate himself and be super empowering and super hurt. He expresses a lot of pain throughout this entire thing. This record reminds me a lot. Um, this is a weird combination. One half, like a Bibio sound machine and kind of some of the sounds that we're hearing. A lot of like the brass on yeah. here, I really enjoy. I think every track on here has some sort of really catchy um, aspect to it. Yeah, the first one is obviously like the way that the text just rolls and that that driving guitar, and then on something else like "Living in Denial," like those that brass at the end of each phrase, I really enjoy. I think it's one half like a Bibio sound machine, but then another half almost Lonnie Holly. Yeah, uh, just the the pain and the the wisdom that flows out of uh michael kiwanuka's voice and like into his lyrics like he's really not that old yeah but he seems so wise yeah in what he's saying uh yeah i, I really fucking love this thing um and I, I think i was just able to express so much in such because usually i i like to listen to things multiple times this is one where i only i only got i was able only to have the initial sit down with it and uh, I, I, it made me think so much in that initial sent down, and it just expresses its theme so well. Again, it feels really wise. It can so much emotion, mm-hmm. and I, I'm excited to go back to it. 
I'm constantly ready to go back to when I get a chance, but I was able to connote so much information for this review out of just that one sitting that I didn't really need to go back the yeah. second time. I, I feel like I will continue to get more information on this album with other sittings, but like it was really only the one listen that I really needed to get this much information across of why this record's so great. Yeah. Um, keep in mind those scores futile and meaningless right now. I'm feeling a, a nine. I really Yeah, I'm feeling like a, a pretty solid eight plus to a nine on yeah. here. And I'm excited to see him win the Mercury Prize next year. Yeah. No, we'll go to like someone random. It's always random. Sometimes it's he will, good. He'll get the nomination. Though. He'll get the nomination. He'll get the nom. Uh, yeah. This year I went to like I forget who. It was Dave. It wasn't oh, Slow yeah. Tie, so it doesn't matter. Because <laughs> Slow Tie had the Boris Johnson head, and they couldn't do they it. They just like <laughs> they had the award ready, and they just snapped it. And they're like, give this to Dave. <laughs> They saw him do it. Maybe they thought it was Dave Chappelle. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. Uh, okay, are you ready to go back to the house? Yes. We're, I love that Weezer song. <laughs> That's a shock. Time to get into the latest Hemlock Ernst and Kenny Seagal record, The Money Store. I mean, back at the house. Um, Do you explain why? I think the cover looks like the Money Store record. Like, it doesn't have the people on it, but, like, I think it's got the same font and the same, like, general color scheme. Like, it looks looks very similar to that. Also, this is perfect for the spooky season that we just got out of because it's the haunted house. Yes. (laughs) There's spook going around through this haunted house. Um, he goes down, 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 down. That's Leonard Cohen. That's the ghost of Leonard Cohen. <laughs> okay, you ready to go? Let's this? get into it. Samuel T. Heron, aka Hemlock Ernest, is a Baltimore singer, songwriter, and rapper. I'm stop you right there. It's Ernst. Ernst, yeah. Not Ernest. Ernest, yeah. I'm bad. I can't read. Ernst. Uh, he's the frontman of the synth pop band Future Islands, and even though he may not look the part, Herring is a fantastic technical rapper and a lieu of art rap and abstract hip-hop artists like Milo and Billy Woods and Bus Driver. His only previous project under Hemlock Ernst comes in the form of an EP he did with the legendary producer Mad Lib back in 2015 called Trouble Knows Me. Uh, He's also worked with the likes of, of Mike Eagle, Bus Driver, Milo, JPEG Mafia, Earl Sweatshirt, The Alchemist. Oh no, these are like big names. These are pretty top tier people, and I think that to let somebody like Hemlock Ernst, this like 30, what, he's like 30. I think he's 35. 35 year old white dude that's in a synth pop band rap on their project, I think really like is telling for his own ability. Mm. Um, and then the other half of this duo, Kenny Seagal is a Maryland producer and is becoming honestly one of the most impressive producers in underground hip hop. He just released uh, his collaboration with Billy Woods earlier this year, hiding places, which is a very deprived and decaying, uh, impoverished instrumentals that, that match this kind of venomous tone of Billy Woods. And look, seriously, look no further than the cover of that record, and you will understand everything. Yeah, he really likes houses. He <laughs> loves houses. Kenny Seagal probably even lives in a house. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, he also produced, uh, honestly, probably Milo's best album, uh, So the Flies Don't Come. And he is part of the Ruby Yacht compilation we did a couple of weeks ago here on the show, which was... That's kind of... Uh, yeah. Uh, but that's more of an issue of personality than production. I still, I think uh, some of the production was 
was some of the best parts on yeah. there, honestly. Um, and he is, he's also signed to Milo or Rap Ferreira's Ruby Yacht label. And this project then, uh, therefore, was released under that label, which adds some weight to the project. Yeah. Uh, this project has been kind of in the works since like 2013 yeah no like not this collaboration yeah not this but not this whole thing as a whole but like the hemlock ernst project in and of itself like the moniker because this is a debut album yeah yeah. so like he's made future islands records before but this is his debut this is this this is the this is the rap debut yeah and he i think he took time off of future islands back in like 2013 just to write raps and just to focus on rapping. And since then, they've obviously released um, The Far Field back in yeah. like 2017 or 2018. What's a really good song off that? I can't remember. Ran. Ran. That dictates how... If you haven't heard that song before, that in um, Time Moves Slowly by Bad Bad Not Good, if you want to truly be impressed by Samuel T. Herring's uh, vocal range and his bar- ability to reflect emotion um, and trauma... Look no further than those two tracks. His, mm-hmm. his dictation is impeccable, and his momentum is insane when it comes to vocals. And I like how they're they're still here. It's not all raps. We get we get some of the vocals. <laughs> That's one of my favorite parts about this record. Um, going into discussion about it, I like that Sam Herring cannot just rap. He can yeah. also sing. He doesn't need some other feature to come on and sing for him yeah. or another voice to come on and sing for him. He can sing on his own track and flip just like that. Um, I I really love his ability to do so. Uh, digging into this, the opening line on the entire record, I think it's kind of a testament that he is serious about this, yeah. but also still kind of goofy. Have you ever been over to a friend's house to eat and the food was just no good? Obviously a, a reference to uh, Sugar Hill Gang's Rapper's Delight, like the extended cut where they're talking about how the chicken tastes like wood <laughs> and like it's talking about eating food at a friend's house. Um, it's a really stupid like throwaway line, but I think that it's just a testament that like uh, Sam Herring is, is serious about rapping. Yeah. Also on the track North to South, it's more about his trajectory and dealing with fame and how at the, at his position currently, he feels very suffocated and he's searching for something to kind of relieve that. And uh, that idea kind of reminisces throughout the entire album, in my opinion. Um, it, it seems like this album was made... Its main feature for him, or its main purpose for him, seems just to get on stable ground. I think that's what he's really searching for. It's just it's it's just something, just something to get him through this. And I think it it's not really that ideal for like Kenny, but it's more his ideal is he's just searching for something stable in his life, and that comes mostly notable in North to South. Yeah, and I think at the end, less unsettled. It at the very end, it searches for that too. Um, but it's more this idea of just getting back into normality in a weird way. And finding that um, in this very poetic and uh, long-winded and uh, not abrasive, but um, jarring kind of way. Um, He's very poetic across this entire thing. Um, And the biggest problem, my biggest problem with the entire record is uh, he is almost too poetic for his own good at times. And it it loses impact of what he's trying to say. Mm -hmm. And... uh, you just kind of get lost um, 
not to say what he's what his performance is bad because he's so technical. He's 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 ninety thousand percent technical. He's more technical than I ever could be at anything. Um, but it's just sometimes it's hard to follow what the true stance of the track is. It's more of just like a long stream of consciousness. You can say the same thing for like Billy Wood. Um, Billy Woods has just that one. issue. Elusive, yeah, just one Wood. Uh, Elusive has this thing too where he would. It's just long string consciousness, and we get out of it. We get out of it, and I think that's kind of the problem with this record. It's just like the string consciousness sometimes you feel lost, but it's not like anything to keep it down wholly. Mm-hmm. Because I think, again, his technical ability is so good. The production on this, the bass is just so gnarly and rich. Um, this album has like if if you constructively took the hollow elements of what made lo-fi hip-hop so ability to uh, convey emotion and kind of built that from the ground up with like actual thicker production less cheap sounding production and less mm. ambient written production you get something like this i think it's really interesting uh the guitars are very frail there's a lot of horns or choirs yeah. that swoop in and out it feels very nostalgic it feels like uh similar to billy woods but it's not as uh i think decaying in that aspect yeah it feels kind of haunting and i know i joked about the haunted house earlier i think the but, hauntingness comes from a lot of like um some of the emptiness yeah out of some of this production um i can just tell that sam herring is a perfectionist yeah just by the way he operates and the, the length of time that it took him to put out this record or put out a record at all um, under this name and just the way he raps, I can just tell like this is so clean and it took him so much thought like to put into this for it to be released to the public. And I'm sure like right now that's killing him to, to see people's like reaction to this after working on it for like six years Maybe plus. Or at least working on his name or, for yeah, six years. Working on something that he could put out to the public for like six years. I can't imagine. But like the how how clean and the sharp edges on this uh, combined with the emptiness make it feel so lonely. Yeah. And so again, spacey. And that's where the hauntingness is. Because sometimes I even get like, I think it's on the track Bless the Flyer where when... The it, it, the track really feels empty, and then you get the sweeping choirs, mm-hmm. and you get the sweeping horns. Um, it it feels it reminds me of the Sheen from The Shining, where just all of a sudden out of nowhere, uh, Jack Nicholson's in the bar, and it's always and now it's all of a sudden full of people. Right after he's been isolated from society for mm-hmm. three months, and it's interesting. It that feel of just all of a sudden now there's space and something that was so empty before, and this haunting approach to it. Um, the track The One is really interesting because it, it goes in this idea of Samuel looking back at past relationships and finding out the biggest problem in it wasn't the other person, but more him. And when he always figured that was the problem in all his relationships, uh, the other person would leave him. Hmm. And it's more just how him trying to come to a point where he would kind of believe in this himself. Right. Um and then at the point on the second half of the track, it's then going into his his trauma, his pain, going into how his mother said there always be days like this, there be days like this, and how you kind of have to find, again, stable ground in your everyday life to kind of move forward. You need something that will keep your momentum forward. You can't stop. You always have to keep on progressing. Mm-hmm. Uh, the track 
closing track less settled i think is or less unsettled is great um where it's going over over the course of this they bring he brings up uh I probably should talk about addicted youth first. That's probably mm-hmm. addicted youth. He's goes going over how in his younger days he was addicted to coke, and how that was a big problem, and how he's almost how he always had addictive and loud and abrasive personality, and how he's trying to quiet down in his over older days, and that leads to less unsettled, where he loses his where he loses two friends. He loses his friend Eric and his friend Jim. And there's this fantastic line, we lost Eric, then we lost Jim. Remember hearing elevators as they walked him, me and you and your mama in the church moved, staring after Silent, why it's him and not you. I'm making reference to the Outcast song Elevators, Elevators. off of AT Aliens. Um, And it's also bringing up the fact that these people were, were more stable than him. So if they were more stable and they fell to their beast, what is he gonna fall to? How is he still here? And it's a really interesting idea of, is he just lucky or is there, is he just lucky or is he going to actually have to make a change? Right. And I really like that. Um, Down's a terrific moment. Down, the production of Down. This is the, I think, the only single from this album. And I think Addicted Youth was a single, too. Was it? I, I did not so. know. Down was the first yeah. one, for sure. But Down, the simple piano melody, and how it's big, but it doesn't take up too much space. Then the drums come in, and it's fantastic, but it doesn't take up, it doesn't create a true atmosphere. It's still, like, just kind of empty. Then Samuel, he's the last instrument. Going, down, 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 down. He fills that void. And then when he gets the rapping and he can't really depict that type of texture anymore, they add in synths. I found that to be really smart. <laughs> I liked that. Um, I liked his his cadences on here. I feel like he's falling over himself. Yeah. He can't, like, keep track of, of what he's saying. He's just, like, falling down the stairs almost. Or maybe, like, falling... Falling down and up escalator yeah. is a better way to put that. There's also a very, like, 21 Pilots-esque kind of feeling to it. Something off a trench. I think, yeah. I think one thing that made me think of that, too, is the idea that sometimes I feel like he's saying stuff and it really doesn't have a meaning to it. Yeah. And some it's of, just like... I think some of, like, this what is he the biggest says track or, like, that. repeating himself is, is very much so, like, how do the words sound? together how yeah. do the syllables sound together not what do the words mean mm, yeah kind of thing uh but i still i really like this track and it just proves his technical ability mm. i think releasing it as a first single was incredibly smart yeah um and that's what i gotta say i'm really impressed by this um i just think there's there's room to grow um not for really kenny because i think kenny's killing it but um or samuel i think there's a little bit room to go yeah. this is not his peak um by any means. And he's not doing a bad job because I think he did fantastic. No, he did an awesome job. Yeah. But I think there's just room going storytelling wise. Mm-hmm. And that's the biggest idea of hip hop is telling stories and people kind of forget that. And I think he's really good at it when he when he gets the chance and he tries. Um but sometimes I feel like he just gets caught up in this idea of trying to just make things sound cool rather than them being cool. Right. Yeah. You know? Uh keep in mind those scores if you tell me it's right now on phone uh Eight? I really like it. I'll give it an eight. Yeah. That's good. And now uh, it's time to go to the Anamonic Gucci gang. <laughs> and uh, we got to visit USA. Yeah. Time to go over the latest Anamonic Gucci album. 
bracket. USA. USA bracket. bracket. Uh, Gucci is a New York City electronic bit pop chip tune band. That doesn't mean anything. <laughs> <laughs> Consisting of lead songwriters and guitarist Pete Berkman and uh, Ari Warner, I think. Ari? Yeah. Ari Warner, uh, bassist James DeVito, and uh, drummer Luke Silas. And the band is mostly known uh, for their kickstarted album, Endless Fantasy. And they also did the Scott Pilgrim vs. The World, The Game, original video game soundtrack back in 2010. And that game has been delisted. And yeah. I want to play it. But it's it's gone. Forever. It would give it give emulation like another year and a half, or probably. Once I don't we, think it'll like, happen. Because like we have a, I don't know if you know this. There's a PS3 uh, emulator out right now. It's like it's like the PCX2. It's made by the similar people, so it's like that. And like the hardest part right now is getting emulators for it because it's like a lot of them are like sketchy. So like you can't find it on the online archive. Like you can find a lot of PS2 games, but. Uh, you have to lab. you have to kind of torn a lot of that stuff and go to the pirate bay. Um, in 2016, or they announced their next album, USA, all the way back in 2014. This album. So, a trend of taking a long time to make work. Uh, in 2016, they released a video game called Capsule Silence. Uh, I think that is 24. 24, along with an original score containing over 30 songs, and I think it was two parts. And uh, it was kind of like a parody of the game industry from what I read. They had like a tweet meltdown where it leaked because <laughs> I think it was a free game. So like their Twitter page was like freaking out, pretending, uh, kind of making, I think the whole entire game makes fun of like video games and yeah. the big budget end of video games and the marketing of it. Um, back in August, it was announced that USA would be releasing this year and they signed to Polyvinyl Records. And I was really impressed with their Lorem Ipsum track. I thought it was fantastic. It mixed uh, just this huge grandeur style of like anime with chiptune, and it was deliciously good. I think it ran on for a little too long, but I think it was incredible. The scope on it was fantastic, and the scope over across this entire thing is really fantastic. But uh, it doesn't really mean a lot, <laughs> and that's that's where we get into troubles for me. Um, this thing's fifty-two minutes, fourteen songs, and it's really tight. And it follows a pretty, like, simple structure, like, hook. It, like, it, it evolves its elements pretty naturally, how, like, a normal song pro- would progress. Yeah. But these tracks are just too long. And they're they're not as interesting as I think they hope they would play out to be. The chip tune is fantastic when they get to work. The moments like uh, Speak to You remind me a lot of, like, Mario 64. Uh, I think it's the first yeah. world theme. Uh, Lauren, if some such a cold and freezing, but also like delicately happy track. Yeah. Um, but I think over the course of this entire thing, it's just like it doesn't sit well, and I had a hard time paying attention to it. This is the first album in a while. I think I was just I, it was hard to sit through. Um, and I was it, it was hard to pay attention to the music when writing these notes. It was just hard to focus. Because everything we got was so grand, and there wasn't any quiet moments. There wasn't any moments that build up. Like we had a lot of sporadic changes too. That's the thing this thing does. Like on USA, it starts with this like very scratchy synth. Uh, I think it's like a square synth, and then it goes into just huge instrumentation on the drop of the hat. And it does that with Lauren Ipsum too, and it does mm-hmm. that with a lot of other tracks. But it just doesn't. It's cool like one or two times, but it's not cool like doing that. It a loses lot. its it loses its effect. 
Also, uh, again, these tracks are too long. Uh, the average is like three to four minutes. And these instrumentations, instrumentals don't really hold up all that well. And they're too, they all feel like they're in the same niche. And the features added to this project um, don't really help. They don't really seem like out of their world. And yeah. I think features and elements of production, whatever, uh, would have helped to put this out of their world into our world or a different scope and made it seem like it was unique and we're going to a new trajectory. Uh, the scope of this is way too large. There isn't a lot of quiet moments or moments that embrace the quiet and the moments, a lot of these tracks are just embracing the huge grand sky, grand side of this record and it doesn't, the scope is just off to me and it makes it very hard to pay attention because it's just all the time and it's just the loudest version of itself. Um, the instrumentation's fine. I think they, it sounds good, but it's just, it's hard to just sit through this thing for me. Yeah. I agree with that. I'm not really one much for electronic music, but like, I understand, like, I like chiptune music. Yeah. I think that that sounds good, but like, this, I don't know. It just wasn't catchy enough to catch my, yeah, to catch my interest. I think that's, um, that's a really difficult thing for like chiptune music, and that's kind of a disadvantage that a lot of electronic music is at. Versus songs with lyrics, types of music with lyrics, because the voice could catch your ear, the words can catch your ear, but like with electronic music, it's like if it's not catchy, it's nothing. Yeah. Um, on my own's probably my favorite track. Features Hannah from mm -hmm. uh, who I mostly know from that track she did with Grimes last year. We appreciate power. She's the most different feature on this album mm -hmm. um it's not different enough because she still feels like she can maybe fit like an anime vibe uh i hate how i hate how i have to say that um but it it works like it, it works it feels like she's the most contemporary pop artist on here so it feels very fitting and new mm -hmm. um more contemporary than just like chiptune or anything like yeah. that um then we got like moments like air online which is cool it's progressive, but it's again, it just doesn't hold its own weight. Something is very missing from the elements. Like it just, I, it reminds me. It made me think and go back to like what I really enjoyed about previous electronic releases this year. And I think about like Chemical Brothers, and I think about uh, Flume, and, what, and like even like previous records that I wasn't too keen on, but I probably enjoyed more than this. Like Glue, uh, that the uh, yeah. Kai Winston Igloo Ghost project. Um, they at least had their own feel and none of them were too long. Uh, Flume really took him, like tried something new, made the, his compositions short and would like mess around with other artists and he would be outside of himself a lot. Like you had the slow tie and JPEG Mafia feature, you had yeah. to work with Sophie. Like it felt very loose, whereas this feels very tight and traditional where it doesn't, like, some of these tracks could just be, like, a minute 30, and I feel like I would still get the same amount out of them. Yeah. Um, I just, and, like, with things like the Chemical Brothers, I, I feel like the compositions were way more flashy, but they also had, like, way more build-up and scope in the whole entire range of scale rather than just the large end. Um, and I feel like it was way more catchier than this. Yeah. Um. And that's all really I say. I just feel like the scale's off. I think these tracks are too long. I like Chiptune. I think the production that they're working with is fine. It's just they got to find a way to minimize it and yes. bring in other elements of scope into it. Exactly. 
I'm going to leave it at that. Keep it in mind that scores a few telomeres. Right now I'm feeling like a 5-6. I get like a 4-5. to five. Yeah. And we're going to leave it at that. Moving on to the final record of today. Rex Orange County, uh, a.k.a. Sex Orange County. <laughs> That'll teach him. Uh, with Pony. Which, uh, don't don't bring horses around Trevor. He, he hates them. He has a fear. I don't like horses. <laughs> I'm not afraid of them. Uh, Rex Orange County is an English indie pop and neo soul artist. More like a blue-eyed soul artist. Yeah. He's uh, white. Yeah, um, <laughs> he's one of the five artists that that quirky girl in your math class listens to, along with Brockhampton, Tyler the Creator, uh, who's some other good ones. Please Ryan Beatty. Please don't drag the good boys. Because <laughs> he's he's like he's he just has this kind of like, this, uh, not saying like Tyler the Creator or Brockhampton or like quirky by any means, but they're very alternative. And I think he fits in this alternative R&B scene, I think. But at the same time, he has, like, a very basic appeal that I think draws out to a lot of people. Claro would be a good Yeah, one. Claro, same thing. That's another great one. Yeah. Um, he released Apricot Princess back in 2017. Started gaining some steam and popularity, but uh, he was really featured and, and co-signed uh, by Tower the Creator on uh, Forward and Boredom, Boredom, Boredom off of Flower Boy. Um, and then... From there, I'm absolutely just skyrocketed yeah. into the stratosphere um, in popularity with singles like Sunflower, Edition, Loving is Easy, um, Best Friend. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of good ones. Um, and then he also released a duet of You Got a Friend in Me with Randy Newman, which was really off the wall, but it was also kind of fun. Yeah. I had a good time with that That's one. not really important to his career directory, it's but I feel like Trevor would want to really note it's that. Just so that's mentioned. why I mentioned that mention. So going over this, uh, there really isn't a lot to say about this album in the end. Because there's like there's no overarching theme or overarching approach to one writing this music. Like searching up inf- material on this album was pretty empty for me and why it's important. Um so basically what I got out of this is this is this is essentially his first album before hit after hitting like the mainstream popularity. After hitting puberty. And uh it comes off as it's it's harmless. I really like it, but if we had to, the, the overall trend today is comparing artists to other artists. So I'm going to continue doing that. Benny sings really, really city pop earlier this mm-hmm. year, and we we both liked it. It's not important in the grand scheme of things, but it's really nice, uh, terrific alternative R and B blue eyed soul album. And going over it, it had depth, it had emotional trenches. It had valleys and peaks, it had different soundscapes, more intimate, more large, more pop, more hurt, uh, more uh, harmed, I guess, more fragile. And uh, this doesn't have any of that. No. It's just big all the time. <laughs> it's 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 just like very bright, cheery, and there's really nothing into it. He's talking about like ideas of like relationships, and it just comes off as like boring. But like I think the sound is very easy to listen to this. I just think uh, there really isn't a lot here to dissect, and that's the biggest problem of it. No. The yeah. most intimate moment, I think, is Pluto Projector, which at the... It, I say intimate, but it feels more empty than a lot of these other tracks. It reminds me a bit of Edition, but Edition had so much uh, texture to it. It filled like the performance from Rex Orange County meaned a lot more, and it filled like a really like consolidated moment of his personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, going over some previous singles, Sunflower, very rambunctious and progressing, 
really nice and it had this whole entire uh run vibe it felt like it was just constantly sprinting uh loving is easy huge pop ballad with benny sings worked out really well this probably the best track is 10 out of 10 um yeah that is very indie pop and uh listening to it before i didn't like the sound it seemed too sweet uh felt like i was gonna get diabetes from it um but like i've come to really enjoy it i think it's the best track on here for sure but like a lot of these tracks follow in that like it's too sweet he feels too hopelessly romantic he feels too nerdy and it like it feels like everything just works out for him and he faces no struggle like there's no struggle to any of this no no matter how much he wants to dictate it it feels like he I don't know, almost creating drama, but like I don't know. It's not that bad, no, but it's just like you know. I know what I, I guess I know like what I'm trying to say. I'm not. I know he's not like creating problems, but he makes it seem like everything that happens to him is like twenty times worse than mm-hmm. it actually is. Yeah, in reality, it's just like a minor inconvenience. Um, I found a lot of these tracks to be honestly just kind of boring listens. I don't think this album's offensively bad. Yeah. I don't think that it's. I don't think that it's just flat out awful, but it's not exciting to listen to it's not overly stimulating um i like the track it gets better yeah um i think that that's more Talk, exciting talking about his relationship with someone how it's getting better after time and how it's actually causing him to learn a bit about himself in yeah. the process which is nice i like that it's it's a little more driving and there are other tracks on here like never had the balls which i just think is awful <laughs> I just like the name. It's it's really stupid. It's like and it's he so sings, he sings the title over and over like that's the hook. And he's like never had the balls. Like just really really milking it for all its worth. And it's so undoubtedly cheesy. Yes, yeah, stupid. It's so annoying. Um and that's all I really got to say. It's just, there's nothing here. That's the biggest problem. It's just kind of empty. He's he's a shade of former projects and former tracks he's released mm-hmm. before and former he's he, I think there's other people in the scene that are doing way more interesting things than him um, and this just seems like a misstep and something that should have been like a huge approach to him because now he's finally reached all this fame and the next step should be just continuing to evolve on himself and this seems like three steps back with yeah. just a ton of polish added to it because this is a very clean and polished record oh, for sure, almost too polished in a way um yeah, keep in mind all scores if you tell me that's right now falling four to five. I yeah, I'd give it about the same. Yeah. Not yeah. my favorite. And uh we're gonna leave it at that this week. That's it. You don't get any more. That's the end. That's it. You're full. No more reviews for you until you until you finish your homework. <laughs> but until next time, guys, I'm Vincent. I'm Trevor. If you wanna follow us on social media, find the Anthony and Todd Show at Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Anthony and Todd. You can find us youtube.com forward slash the Anthony and Todd Show. You can find us at uh, Podbeam, Google Play Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. Search the Anthony Todd Show. And if you want to donate monetarily, so we can buy a banana boat, you can uh, or banana boats, depending on how much money we get, we yeah. may have to buy like four of them. And uh, uh, you can find us Patreon.com for the Anthony Todd Show. And uh, until next time, guys, I'm Vincent. I'm Trevor. And see you, boys. Bye, everybody. <laughs>